on a week where some people are deciding to reenact the Seinfeld episode the contest for the whole month, welcome listeners to Podcast ONA. Hello, everyone. Hello, how is it going? Hello, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are the Dante. You're not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fortunately, for- fortunately, you are here. Unfortunately, uh, Duos is not here, so you're basically filling in for him while we're trying to figure out a way to uh, get to the other stuff. We'll figure that out as we go along. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we have come to this. After weeks of preparation and deliberation, we have finally made it to the fall season. A season so gigantic and massive that I am intentionally splitting this up into two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We, ha- we had to. So, uh... If you want to hear us talk about all the big shows this season, uh, just wait a little bit. By the time this episode's up, it'll probably be out, you know, soon. And if you're listening to this in the future, um, you may as well just stick around and listen to all this before getting to the big stuff, because it's all about that Antissa... Yeah, anyways, I hope you all have a good time. The thing to remember when it comes to the fall seasonal anime, and a lot of us, is that sometimes I can't and don't have the ability to watch everything. I watched a few of the titles that intrigued me. Some I watched more of than I was expecting to, but I'll at least have a couple of things to talk about in this, and especially in regards to some of the bigger shows in general. Anyways, you probably won't be that satisfied, but hey, at least stick around with us for a couple hours, and we'll we'll have some talks, we'll have some laughs, and we might even have some dunks. Oh, yeah. It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do. Speaking of which, does anybody want to take the first dunk to... Uh, uh, Truly, uh, Elon Musk has mastered the art of the deal. Yes. That's it. Going from 28 months for check marks, which is obviously a terrible mistake, no matter how you slice it, to $8 a month month for check marks, which is still a terrible mistake, but happened because Stephen King said that's silly, and that's basic. He uh, really is just. He really is just the most. He thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's so cool and he thinks he's so funny when he's basically the only difference between him and like some schlub on a Reddit is that he has more money than we'll ever see in our entire lives. That basically, like, I should have described as like the reason this is all particularly funny is that it is demonstrating how, and that is demonstrating how, like, literally he is not used to having to market to like normal people, because, you know, normal people aren't the ones who generally buy Teslas. So, so of course, it doesn't have to, like, market to Teslas is specifically... It's... Teslas are marketed towards two types of people. Those who want really, really fancy cars, 
And people who sniff their own farts uh. and genuinely think <laughs> it smells like lavender. For, for what it's worth, the EV market is going to grow exponentially in, in the next uh, half decade with you know, GM and Ford getting on board with, you know, EV production. So when that happens, Tesla goes bye-bye. And also, can you believe all of this can be traced back to the fact that Grimes left his ass and his daughter said, fuck you. So he's uh, basically playing out a, the ultimate divorce dad fantasy. But instead of uh, getting a tricked out man cave, he is um, taking out loans from the Saudi government. Yeah, Elon Musk basically lost his wife to somebody with pronouns in their bio and has decided to make it everybody's fucking problem. Yeah, basically. I give it three months before he gets so fed up with everything, he flips it for a loss, just like Tumblr. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm going to be real. I think we're going to see a Tumblr resurgence in the next couple of months. I, I genuinely think yes, uh, it's got a uh, shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just hope uh, Twitter doesn't become too... <laughs> Not functional before he eventually sells it off. It feel I'm going to be real. I think you could just fucking you could bully him into getting the best and worst features you could ever think of, and he will just implement all of them. And it's it's fucking. I don't even. God, he's such a fucking lame man. That's, okay, yeah, the but it, you need the right person to trick him. Basically, you need celebrities to do it. You you really need cool celebrities to do it. That's why, like, Stephen King made him feel shame. As the saying goes, he is the dumb person's example of a smart person. Yep. Also, just to, to all of you out there who are really hung up on your very bizarre and uncomfortable parasocial celebrity relationships, um, go out Touch grass and look. November, don't don't do any no whatever. Your brain will not function without that. So just you know, go and do that. I'm gonna be real with. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you, Jets. Both my anniversary and my partner's birthday are in November. That is a non <laughs> non compliance. Just fucking saying. Uh... <laughs> what do you think about that sketch, our wonderfully wholesome Christian friend? <laughs> Go high sketch. I already lost. Ah, <laughs> ah that's the spirit. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, oh, wait, yesterday was November 1st. Uh, what? Well, I'm sure someone out there is cringing over that uh, brazen honesty, but hey, that's what you expect from us here. We Look, keep we it gave, real. We, get, we, we, we at least eased you in with Elon Dunks before we made it gross, okay? <laughs> Okay, I, I think we've got all the dunks out of our system, so without any further ado, because we have a long road ahead of us, boy do we, let the fall season begin. So let's start with some shows from the summer. Shockingly little. Yeah, we don't have too much. Uh, we have... 
the ever ongoing disaster of Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer and Uzerati Rumino Mask of Truth. Uh, wow, I completely forgot about Utaware and Romano. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about it. Sorry, Underwater Ray Romano. Yeah, I forgot about it. My mistake. Ray Romano too, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I haven't watched the Biscuit Hammer anime after the first couple of episodes just because, you know, pain. But I was like, eh, but, uh, I mean, I'm, but I mean, the Norse material is so good, so I'm sure there's like something salvageable there. The source material is still good, and I'm told the dub is also pretty good. That one has a that has a bigger cast than I expected it to. Is it, uh, is it, yeah, uh, I will probably get back around to watch it for the dub at some point, but uh, yeah. At this point, I'm just sitting here hoping it is not like completely tanked any chance of getting a spirit circle anime because that would be very depressing. I hear the second OP actually has animation, That's which makes nice. me happy. This does seem like good material that basically just got de- dealt as raw a hand as it gets. Uh, 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 someday it's like, you know, see music copy thing will get completely screwed over someday. Like, Planet With was serviceable, but it was very much a B to C tier JC staff project as well. Uh, uh, yeah, but honestly, I mean, even a B to C tier Biscuit Hammer would have been like okay to me because it would have been enough to get Spirit Circle. But. That's not gonna happen. I I don't I wouldn't rule out Spirit Circle at least, but at this point, who could say? Who can know? Either way, I hear good things about this one. I really will check it out. It's just there's only so much time in the day, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, all I have to say here is um, read Spirit Circle. Uh, You'll thank me later. Just, just do it. I have the first volume. I liked what I read, and I will probably check it out at some point. I won't like, like, I like. I'm literally willing to get you the rest of the volume. I'm that confident you will like the rest of it. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> bet. <laughs> Fucking bet. If you're gonna commit, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> you know where I live, so just let me know. Alrighty. An underwater way, Romano. Um, <laughs> okay, real talk. What even is the genre for this series? Fantasy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I recall back watching uh, Mask of Truth, I think it was. And uh, yeah, I just simply remember that being fantasy. This is Mask of Truth. Oh god, oh god, what was it? I don't remember the one I watched. I don't want to watch whatever the one before this was. Was it the... I think it was... Oh, God, what the fuck is... Was it a Sentai dub? Yes. It, I think it, it was a Sentai dub. The False Faces. Yeah, it was... The False Faces. Yeah, it was a Sentai dub. I remember because uh, he who shall not be named uh, reprised a role in that dub, so that's how I remember it was Sentai. Maybe they'll dub it eventually, and then we'll add another one to the list, which... By the by, um, that dub is very fast approaching. We will find out by the time we're done recording all these episodes. Mm-hmm. For more thoughts on that show, tune in next time. Yeah. Anyways, I really don't have much to say about Lucifer or Underwater Ray Romano. I might have more about some of these other titles. 
Yes. So, along with all the big shows airing in uh, the fall season, we have several, uh, admittedly, not as big sequel seasons, you know, this season. There's quite a few. I had to take some and and save it for, you know, later, later, because we only have so much time here. So let's just go ahead and get started with the uh, second of the three batches, as we're basically midway through the release, of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. I have actually watched all of the second half, and I will just say, it's still pretty good. Yeah, uh, so pretty good, still insanely weird, even by JoJo's standards, but I don't want I, I gotta say, Mew Mew's stand Jailhouse Rock is extremely terrifying. As I am, yeah. It's always weird how, like, the, the stand abilities that sound extremely similar are always the ones that are the most broken. The, I, I'll say this. <laughs> this this batch is basically... This batch is especially one of those batches that's literally proving the thesis the weird circum- circumstantial stands can be, like, the greatest under specific parameters. And that is especially personified from what Dio himself called the weakest stand. It is called Survivor. It is literally a stand that's Basically, A, it, it, it kind of works as like an energy grid. It only works if the ground is wet or like wet surfaces are there. And from those wet surfaces, it delivers an electrical current that basically emits a signal to your brain that makes you more angry, irritable, and more like perceptive to fight. So what Poochie did is effectively created the perfect scenario to make this ridiculous circumstance work and basically turn JoJo into Baki. Oh yeah, that was great. And that wasn't even I didn't think that that's not the most ridiculous fan power we say. That one goes to uh, the Feng Shui guy lovingly played by William Knight, who <laughs> like that man could, I I did not know William Knight could do ham, but uh, he can. I'm really impressed because he'll do that at his age. So, so I think there's okay. Before we'll go into that, it's not only a, it's a fight pit; it is a fight pit with random stand users thrown in for good measure to make this fight pit work. So there's like just a one on one with a guy who could summon meteors, a guy a one on one with William Frederick Knight who has dra- dragons, Drake's dream instead of dragon's dream, which. Dragon's Dream is at least a good localization. Which, by the way, William Frederick Knight is fucking in his 80s, man. <laughs> he is a legend. Like, he, like here's the thing. In the dub, it's very clear he is actively straining. But he's also in his 80s and still competently too strongly pulling off shonen action noises. That's impressive. That's pretty fucking impressive. That dude deserves all the kudos for that. 
Yes, we've reached the point in JoJo where somebody summons meteors. Survivor was fun. Also, there's not. I'll say this: we're lacking in. Um, we're lacking in. Oh my god, I'm blanking her name. Um, uh, Hermes. Tiana's character. Yeah, Hermes. 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 We're lacking Hermes because she had her big arc, which was basically taking it down sports maximum, which I don't even know what the original localization for that is. Which, that was a big arc, which was the dude who literally kill, kills himself, and then becomes a zombie, and then controls zombies. Invisible zombies! Oh yeah, invisible zombies. It's, it's like the ultimate, I don't want to draw this week. His power is that he can control invisible zombies. Wait, what? Fucking roll with me on this one, man. <laughs> and she kills him, and he's like, oh... I am dead now. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Try, <laughs> tried to get a quickie, and then it's like, oh yeah, you should pay up. And it's like, oh, I'm a ghost now. Damn, <laughs> damn, those brains look fine. <laughs> Sadly, we have to pay our respects and pour one out for a meme officially dead. No more flaccid pancake. Now it is limp biscuit. I don't even think viscuit's a thing. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, that's bizarre. And it's weird. Yeah, yeah, you know, the way you can tell the Netflix batch is kind of like, basically my perception of type of the series, is that, is that, uh, is that a, a big fight in this arc where, uh, <laughs> that where F has friends about it, and my immediate thought was like, like I'm like, wait a second, isn't it too soon for this to happen? And then I like look at the episode kind of like, oh wait, no, we are halfway through and this is where this is where the character starts getting fixed. Okay, okay. Now, as far as the localization goes, uh, to be fair. fair. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. Well, to be fair. That's not a bad localization, but it's far less uh, mimetic. Which, uh, I'm gonna be real, it was never gonna be flaccid pancake. Like, we we have long since removed ourselves from the original All-Star Battle localization, because in that, he was called Jean-Pierre instead—no, wait, Jean Eiffel, instead of Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Like, we, we've come a long way. It's not going to be Flaccid Pancake or Filthy Axe at a Reasonable Price. It's like, it's going to be Limp Viscuit and probably D4C. Like— they are reasonable, actual, usable localizations. And they're fair, they're fine, and they're still good. Like, Dragon's, Dragon's Dream is a good localization because it's a fucking dragon. It's a dragon compass. Instead of Drake's Dream or whatever, it's fine, whatever. It's still good. Also, dicks out for FF, man. <laughs> FF was so fucking cool. Absolute champ goddamn water mage oh they were so good they were so fucking good and i guess now i got to see anastasia which all this time i've known them as honestly but i guess even that had to be changed to anastasia one howard lang is fantastic as anastasia two Wow, they really just gave a villain power to an ally, didn't they? Oh, yeah, basically. Yeah. 
Like, that is, that is fucking brutal. They also made a new ally look like an old villain. Like, come on, he looked so much like the Evolo, it's ridiculous. Uh, Wait, who? Uh, Anastasia. He doesn't look like the, oh okay yes he looks like the, I thought I was thinking of I you know what I was thinking I was thinking of that one prison guard that looks just like Giorno Giovanna with his fucking hair donuts yeah. the one that gets fucking decked out by uh Barrett yeah like that's literally Barrett yeah JoJo's still good I know also I, I know people were really sad about like them not changing the op or the ed that's fair that's fine that's understandable i'm pretty sure we're gonna get that for the last batch yeah i, I, yeah, I mean it's not even i mean we're probably gonna do op at least but it's not the first time they didn't change the ed i mean like happens a break will have the same one for all 38 episodes of that so Diamond is unbreakable, yeah, but I think they're gonna at least give a different ED for this for the back half because okay. they're out of prison now and it's no longer just the ocean. There's gonna be big things happening, and I can't believe it's coming out in a month. Yep, yeah, that was a fast turnaround compared to. As, as, uh, yeah, I feel like they probably like finished the show in between like that first gap. Or at least I, 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 like, I'm excited for more JoJo, but in my extremely selfish opinion, you, you could have at least given us till March, guys. Come on, I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm fucking busy. Uh, you know how it is. You wait too long, people complain. If it comes too soon, people complain. And uh, then I'm gonna get spoiled if I don't watch it immediately. Guess what the fuck happened to Cyberpunk Edge Runners? I found out what happened through One Piece. Dick edit memes. Wow. I'm not even fucking kidding you. That's how I found out. Uh, oh. I'm glad I didn't find out that way. It's it's such a strange thing where it's like, I understand why and what I'm looking at. And I hate that I'm so online that I understand and get what I'm looking at. <laughs> Anyways, uh, JoJo's still good. Watch JoJo. It still exists. Yes. It... Not nearly enough people are talking about it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We've had the whole discourse we, about... We, we've talked about that many times so far. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of an beating an old course at this point. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah. Let's, let's just carry on. Let's carry on to... The fourth season of everyone's favorite uh, early 1900s Barabate adventure, Golden Kamui. So, it's very clear. I've, I'm going to kind of repeat things I've said in the past. The anime is not that lavishly animated or produced. Like, I'm not going to deny that. It is serviceable. It is not a train wreck. But it is a perfectly serviceable anime production. At least it had been for like the last season. This is a different staff. And this is a different studio. But it still looks and feels like the last season of Golden Kamoi did. So it, it still just feels like more Golden Kamoi again. It doesn't feel like anything was lost in translation. It's still pretty fucking buck wild. There's a lot of changing allegiances. There's a lot of new fucking weirdos with tattoos and shit. 
a lot of new people introduced in the uh, uh, Surumi's camp, including an Ainu soldier, which was an interesting play. You've got a couple new players in regards to uh, Hijikata's group, as well as uh, the reunion of the uh, Ashirpa and Sugimoto, who are also fending off a sniper who has a bone to pick with Ogata. And as it turns out, uh, Sugimoto and the Russian sniper become friends because they both want to kill Ogata. Which is... Which is a very golden Kamoy thing where it's like, you literally just tried to kill me and you shot my friend, but you hate the guy I hate even more. So now we're friends now. Which is quintessential golden Kamoy. It's still good. It's still weird. It can still make you feel emotions while simultaneously have a scene where there is like a standoff where a guy strips naked and he's trying to get the edge on the a guy by putting his friend's prized like precious family heirloom knife that he got from his father. And it's like he is hiding it. He's just hiding a knife in his asshole. Like, he's literally just squeezing it in his cheeks. And, like, the guy who's who he's doing a standoff was like, I, I can see you there. Like, I'm pretty sure you are clenching and you have a knife stuck in your ass. And then there's, like, there is a rich kid who is getting bullied. And then Chris Sabat's giant mountain man, the character who is canonically confirmed to have the biggest dick in Golden Kamoy is like drugged out on toxin and is basically a walking zombie who's saying simple things and then it is like pussy and then it's like oh you just saved me pussy do you want to become my bodyguard and protect me and then he's like yeah i got my own pussy monster and it's like how is this show fucking real <laughs> Golden Kamoy is great. You should continue to watch Golden Kamoy or read Golden Kamoy. Just Golden Kamoy is great. I'd say it's a more violent JoJo and somehow even a more homoerotic JoJo. <laughs> you all know, know I'm all about that. Like there, like there's a fucking scene where like Sugimoto like fucking baby birds like porridge into. Uh, another guy's mouth and it's like yeah that i'm not even phased that's that's not even the weirdest thing that we've we've done here today like that that yeah that sounds about right golden conway keep watching it it's good it is good so there's that and now we come to uh what i can only assume is a, a very uh slow burn plot to lead to um that season two of Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. I hear this season's actually good. I continue to know very little about this. So, uh, uh, did the guy ha have sex with the girl and his, his mother by now, or are they saving that to the very end? What? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> He's only just now getting comfortable calling her by her first name. <laughs> something, something there in college, goddammit. Slow burn, got it. Yeah, oh, the latest episode 
the other members of Ozaki's family are finally shown her her father who works at a gym and uh her younger sister who's a kind of a tease herself and i think the younger brother was shown at some point i i know but, the younger uh, brother exists and i know they're yeah. played by uh Hayden Davio yeah and that the dad is like hearing all the things that Uzaki's been doing with her senpai is like so you're dating right no we're not dating but you love him right what yeah it's it's going like that so, so dad can read her like a fucking book got it yeah <laughs> so he went from being like oh i don't want you dating anybody to you're not actually dating him what is wrong with you it's like you you got <laughs> chemistry you like each other he seems like it's he seems like a cool lad fucking jump yeah. on that dick girl it's cool and the uh the shop owner and his daughter continue to try to you know <laughs> move things along <laughs> but not too forceful but there's a uh, continuing to be great misunderstandings and humorous moments abound it's uh in the in the very first episode of the new season, they're both tired and they end up like collapsing in one of the common areas at college and they're kind of cuddled up next to each other and their friends walk over and they're like, hmm, who should we wake up first? What would be funnier? Okay, you know what? That, that's a good approach. What would be the funnier outcome is a pretty good way to approach <laughs> fucking with your friends. Yeah. That's it. It's a lot of fun. It's a very entertaining show. But yeah, seriously, you're both in college. Quit acting like you're junior hires. <laughs> it's a it's a very anime trope in question where it's like sometimes you'll be like, you are actually adults. You could just drink and like have a one night stand if you wanted to. No, Senpai's much too much of a gentleman. Yeah, it's chivalry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, support. The, it, we've had a good amount of shows where it's like, oh, they actually do it, or oh, they actually banged, or whatever this year. So, you know what? We definitely are not yeah. starved for good romantic comedies at this point. No, but... I still don't think this show looks great visually. Is Is that still the case uh, it, it has it's, its okay. moments uh yeah it's it, you know it's passable I mean, it, it looks clean enough but it, it's it's nothing i think the color palette looks a little too gray and meh i i, I feel like i see the turn yeah it's a it's a bit muted like like nagatora for whatever i think of it, it like looks like a better visual aesthetic to me yeah, maybe, some of that's maybe color. personal bias. Some about that is the fact that I see the name Studio NG, and then suddenly I just, oh, this is gonna look like trash. Got it. Yeah, I think it looks okay. Fair enough. That's maybe personal bias. You know what show doesn't look like trash? Oh yeah. Um, I I just have one question to ask all of you for this next show. <clears throat> Are you upset? No, I am not upset, especially I'm because... I'm too busy thinking about Hellshake Yano. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not... Are you upset? 
I am not Are upset. you upset? I'm not upset! God. Especially because the English dub, in fact, kept the line, Are you upset? And the subtitles only have, You mad. Which isn't the same. It isn't the fucking same. Well, good, because we have season two of Pop Time Epoch! Woo! I've been working on that for weeks. Sorry. I got in trouble for you. Was that like a riff on epic rap battles of history? No, it was just something I thought was funny. Yeah. Anyways, here's a little fun little tangent I got for you. Crunchyroll is very consistent about which shows have the proper uh, subtitles and which ones don't. Because, like... I watched Golden Kamoy and it's like, oh, they actually kept it because I know what they're saying in Russian. That's nice. And then they had a full song in the first episode of Pop Team Epic that was untranslated. And I'm like, that's annoying. Uh, it's like, uh, wow. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be given, which, uh, yeah, do better for the role. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just... I just finished watching the dub of Given. The fact that not only is the song not dubbed, but they don't even sub it for the fucking dub is actively inexcusable. Uh, that is a fucking narrative plot point. Uh, and it comes out on Blu-ray in like a couple weeks. The Blu-ray is probably going to have it like that. I hope... Or... Uh, I... If that's the case, I'm gonna be a little mad. The blue, like it's there. It's it's probably going to be subbed on the Blu-ray, perfectly fine. Also, the dub is still very good. That's a very good show, by the way. Yeah. Obviously. Anyways, Pop Team Epic also still very good show. Also, still <laughs> chaotic lesbians, gremlin children. <laughs> they're, beans. They're, they're focusing in on a lot of the, shall we say rampant negativity and just throwing it back in people's faces. Good. Hey, you're shit. You're shit. You're fucking shit, man. Well, I, I did not expect her to say shit. We are terribly sorry for this inconvenience. <laughs> and also, Bob Epic Team still looks like a bad acid trip, which... Fantastic. Good. Good. It's still... It is still a variety show of chaos, and you get both male and female seiyus and voice actors. Still, regardless, it's still great. Uh, yeah, yeah, to which, uh, I'm glad uh, that between it and Gal Galadano, it is still continuing the all-important Aoi Shoto award, which... That's such an amazing joke. Yeah, Aoi Shoda is... Aoi Shoda literally put himself in makeup and dressed himself to be like evil Anakin Skywalker in episode 3 and then they do a fake Super Sentai opening <laughs> it's so good I like the fact that King Record has basically decided okay if we can promote Aoi Shoda you can make fun of us and do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And then the anime staff was like, fucking deal. Yeah, a lot, a lot of companies give leeway so long as there's uh, some kind of promotion. I mean, that's how Cowboy Bebop came into existence. They literally have the King Records super mecha robot fighting Popico and Peepamy that Obari combined together 
to defeat them with their shit manga cannon. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> that sounds like, amazing. So it's funny that when Alex said that, all I could think of, all I could think of when he said that was like, oh yeah, so I pretty much just wait how Bernie Wing is a thing purely because like they have gun kids in it. And Pac-Man. <laughs> also, I haven't seen it myself, but apparently they just actually have Nanachi for a cameo. What? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, apparently... yeah, I, yeah, I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen that episode. Oh, I think I have seen yeah, that. I, I haven't seen that episode, but I, I uh, but I wasn't expecting like Chocobo music. Oh yeah, there's a fucking Chocobo cameo in episode one that's done Blair Witch style. What? Okay. I, I appreciate the fact that they've decided, okay, Pop Team Epic can be a marketing tool, but as long as the marketing tool is as unhinged as we want it to be, then it's fair game. And it's like, okay, sure, we'll have a Square Enix and Made in Abyss cameo, but we're going to make this fucking Pop Team and unhinged. Also, I'm going to say this. Second opening, not as good as the first one, but it's still got the right level of chaos and unhinged bullshit. I would argue season two of Pop Team, of Pop Team Epic might be even more unhinged than the first. See, see, I think at this point right now it, know, it knows you know the format, so they're going to turn it up to 11. I hope we get to see the French guy again. I hope he's doing well. It would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sadly, um, this is not available on every platform this time around, which... Yeah. Uh, it it kind of takes away from a little bit of the, the, the memetic nature of the show, but... It takes away from it, and it's a very corporate oversight thing, and I... I I get it, but also it it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Such is life, I guess. Okay. So with that said, um let's go from absolutely unhinged madness to a bit from Mystery Science Theater from many years ago. Rock climbing. In the form of season four of Encouragement of Climb Colon Next Summit. This is one of those shows I'm pretty sure I would like if I actually started properly. But at this point, there's like four seasons, and I don't even know if all of the first seasons are streaming legally at the time. Of They're this. not. Okay, so it's going to take some time before I get back on this. I, I do believe High Dive will get the rest of it at some point. But right now, it's a little hard for me to continue this. But... I like laid back camp. I like the cute girls doing club things. This seems like a thing I would dig. Um, yeah, it seems fun. I just like never got around to it, so I have no opinion. When did it actually start? I'm curious. Mm, quite a few years ago at this point. Encouragement of Climb's first episode was. It, oh my god, these were three-minute shorts at first? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. started back in... 2013! 2013! Yeah. Almost a decade old. These were three-minute shorts? And then... Yeah. Five minutes. And then... And then, like, a 13-minute? Wow, okay. 
So it evolved into like an actual longer show. Wow, fucking 2013. Wow, this was like, this must have been one of the first things that Studio 8-Bit did as a studio then. Wow. This, that predates like all the big titles, even the show I don't like. Um, this was their fourth project after uh, Buso Shinki, Aquarian Evil, and Infinite Stratos. Okay, so this predated Comet Lucifer even. All right. Wow. Damn. Okay, I'm glad 8-Bit has gotten a lot bigger as a studio, has gotten some pretty good projects, as well as Mahoka money, because, I look, if Anaplex is just going to throw you money to do shit, I mean, have at thee. <laughs> sure. So, uh, there you go. Um... Now to the exact opposite of wholesomeness, absolute manic perversion with season two of Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time. I'm going to be real with you, dudes. I completely forget that this is airing this season, because every time we're having a conversation about stuff Sentai and High Dive are airing this season and stuff that they're probably get, like whenever we have dubbing discussions before they announced it. I was like, okay, maybe they're going to dub the Isekais, and then um, I guess maybe this one, Urusei Yatsura maybe, and I keep forgetting they dubbed Peter Grill Season 1, <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, is Season 2 airing this season? Oh god, it's airing now? Yeah. Nobody's talking about it! I don't even think I've seen an image! Well, first, uh, yes, it is very easy to forget that uh, the show is airing amongst all the other things. But again, to be fair, oh, to be fair, to be fair, I do know some people talking about it. Okay, let's see what I can find on the Twitter. Ooh, those look at some orc girl titties. Nice. <laughs> the first episode involves goblins. Oh, maybe that's a goblin. Actually, I don't so, know. Either uh, way, that is a fit girl. Good for her. Yeah. Short version is: Did you like the first season? The answer is maybe. Um, so, yeah, you're going to get basically uh, more of that. More of the same. <laughs> more. More If of you the like same. that, good for you. But, uh, again, I'll echo the same sentiment I had for the first season. It would be a lot better if the guy would just commit. Whether it's to her, his betrothed or to all the girls who want his dick. Just commit. NTR is a little bit of a slippery slope. Yeah, I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying, you know, be honest and open with your partners. Yeah, I mean, um, I said, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if a girlfriend, girlfriend scenario would be like less dubious here. He's basically just letting them push him around. Clearly, what this guy needs to do is go on a beachfront resort. That way, everything's hunky dory. <laughs> like that one show that uh, some of you out there know. You know who you are. What? Apparently he has a sister, and she looks like she's wearing the Berserker armor. Okay. I'm not even kidding about that. But but is the love for him like a truck, I, Berserker? Oh my god. See, I thought you were going to say, is does his sister want his dick? And as far as I can tell from these glances at screenshot, no. Ah, uh, wow, that's really... 
Okay. So it has cleared the <laughs> bare minimum. Good for you, Peter Grill. Yes, good, good, good for you, God. Good for you, show. You have done the base, the basic fucking minimum. You are above Sword Art Online. Actually, hang on. What's her name? You know what? Now I need to know because I'm doubting myself now. Hang on. Peter Grill. Lucy. This is the most we are going to talk about it, because I'm going to be real, somebody needs to acknowledge its existence. God, that is just Berserker armor. Oh, okay. Uh, major character, she's a strong... Lucy's known to have a hatred... Oh, Lucy is known to have a hatred on those who would cheat on their loved ones and would seriously harm or kill anyone who will... Oh, she wants to kill her brother. Cool. Okay, so the answer to my question is no. There is no love for him like a truck berserker. Mm-hmm. All right. So, there's that, and, uh, yeah, we're just going to carry on with a few other uh, straggling sequels that are just sort of hanging around in the back, not getting all the attention. Like the fifth season of Yamushi Pedal, Limit Break. I continue to be impressed at how long Yomushi Petal is. I think it's got like 75 volumes now. Yeah, uh, and I continue to be weirded out because, uh, as I've mentioned more than once here, likely uh, first uh, season or two uh, had a perfectly fine ending. Like, it concluded perfectly, and it didn't need to be more. So, like, I confuse there's not only more, but like a lot more. Why? Because they don't stop coming and 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 they don't stop coming. Sorry, wait, that was the last show. Never mind. He would not survive the month. Nope, and his sister would probably kill him with the berserker armor. Okay, seriously, I'm going to find a picture just so you can believe me. Okay, um, I know people who like this. I, I have not gotten into this because uh, there, there's only so much room in my brain for so many sports anime, and uh, I'm going to be honest, cycling isn't one of my hobbies. I mean, I mean I'm not particularly great at cycling either, but, uh, but, I, but I enjoyed the early you know, emoji battle stuff. Uh, the basic, uh, basically, if you like stuff like Kurikos, you would probably enjoy Yomuchi Metal a lot. So it has like it has that same energy of it is basically taking a sport and making it making it into Dragon Ball Z nonsense. It's pretty amusing. Oh wait, no, I have I have dreadful news I must throw in because I'm discovering this live along with you. So yes, his blood relative sister it does indeed look like. Sundere guts, which is actually pretty awesome. But no, there is a hot hobgoblin girl with abs and tits, and I'm pretty sure they sleep together. And I guess at some point they become adopted siblings. Uh, why? I cannot confirm if that happens before or after they have slept together, but uh, that is a. You had one hurdle to jump over, and you couldn't do that. Great job, show. So uh, the blood relative doesn't want it, but the adopted hot hobgoblin oh, girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> All uh, right. 
So- sorry, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, y'all part of season five. Uh, Peter Grill is still bad. <laughs> He's uh, still down bad. Sure. We don't have a whole lot to say. We're not the target audience for this. Anyways, uh, Idolish Seven Third Beat Part Two. That is also a thing that exists. I know there is a dedicated audience for this, and I know people who really, really like Idolish Seven a lot and consider that like one of their favorite uh, idol anime out there. And I, I can kind of see why. I've seen some clips. It's definitely fun. I don't know how far apart we are from the guys just watching Magical Girl anime late at night to this current season, but it's probably been a couple of years. So hopefully it's still good, so I'll take your word for it. You can kind of tell me anything. I'm just glad Troika's gags consistent work. Yeah, I don't have better anime either. And with that, our last sequel that uh, we'll get to before the big ones, season two of Muv Love Alternative. Uh, yeah, I have... I don't know. I have absolutely nothing to say about that one. My experience with Muv Love is like a season I watched many years of, you know, I think it was like the first one, but your old title casting. And like, yeah, that's all the Muv Love I know. I don't give a shit, man. I'm still looking at Peter Grill stuff. (laughs) Oh boy, we've got him down the rabbit hole now. I am down in the goblin pussy hole, friends. That's where we're at right now. I'm going to clip that out of context for a rainy day. She is hot, too. That's the fucked up part. <laughs> oh, lordy Lou. Okay. All right. That's done. Um, most of the shows airing this season that aren't, you know, the big hitters, uh, not a lot of them are, like, on the lower end of the quality spectrum. Except for one. We have our honorary roast pile show of the season here. What a title. What a fitting title it is. Love Flops. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I did watch the first episode of this, and uh, it is a very surreal, confusing experience. Uh, it is basically a weird, like, 2000 Arab anime. You know, you've got your. You you know you've got your zombie dude. He has a bunch of random encounters with a bunch of girls because, like, of course, and that is like basically the episode. There's like you know a bunch of really over the top fan service and stuff, and that was kind of it. But uh, the thing that was particularly bizarre about this was the way it was the way it set up the whole harem scenario. Felt like it was leading up to a punchline. Like it was so self aware of that that I was convinced. That I went through that entire first episode, thinking like, okay, there's gonna be some kind of punchline. There has to be some kind of like weird subversive joke here. Like it's clearly leading up to that. I got to the end of the episode, it's just like nothing. It wasn't there. Clearly, like clearly, there's like clearly there's gonna be some subversive thing that's happening. It is clearly hiding some kind of twist, but for some reason, it deemed to not show it in the first episode. Did 
So did they so do you're... did they do the thing with decadence where it's like oh it's the start of episode two that reveals so, it? I, yeah, like I yeah like I I took a glance at I took a peek quick glance at right up there too to see if there was anything. Just like no, nope. it's like halfway into see into episode two where they uh, they tell you what's really going on. Well, what is really going? This guy's father has decided to select these particular individuals. As potential marriage partners for his son. That's what. That's it. That's it. And they will all be living with him. That's, that's it? it for the time being. I, I, I can't, that, 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 that can't. That can't be it. There, there, that can't be it. It has to be some kind of weird time. I think that's that's what it's going for. That's it. It can't be that. That that that's it. So the, mean, the, this is just anime. The Bachelor. It, it's it's just a harem anime. It's a it's a hentai wow, plot is, is wow, what it is. It, wow, I literally wow. <laughs> this is really just like the Zuko scroll thing happening in real time right now. I'm just sitting here like, wait, that can't be. <laughs> so it, it's really just surface level, so, nothing else. So I I just have to ask, what was the point of the dude getting fucked by a dog? Okay, what what, can, can, what the fuck is He is, is also that? incredibly unlucky. Okay, there's unlucky, <laughs> and then there's getting fucked by a dog unlucky. Explain. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot. Uh, yeah, he's just like fucked by a dog for some reason, and it happens more than once. Like, I just fucking watched her say Yatsura, and even he's not getting fucked by a dog unlucky. Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> also, what the fuck is a banana holder is such a weird thing? Like that's it a, is a weird thing. I mean, why? Really? Why? That, that's a real thing too, and it's like I want to ho- hold my banana in the banana holder so I don't squish it and guess. But then I just have a banana in my pocket for a dick joke uh, later. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a boner yeah, joke. Yeah. It's it's just a it's just to cause a misconception, makes her think that he's got a raging hard on when. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Does the sci-fi of, even do anything? That uh, that I saw. Uh, I mean, there's also a bunch of weird like banana objects, like banana toaster, yeah. like banana phone. What the fuck? Oh. Toast a banana. <laughs> what the fuck does that add? There's like garbage robots that keep trying to take this one girl's clothes. What Maybe it, it's telling uh, them something. Like <laughs> there, is, there is a show we're going to be talking about tonight that actually is relevant to the fact that being in the slightly near future is kind of relevant to the point and tone they are getting at. But it doesn't sound like it adds anything here. It just sounds like they are slightly in the future. And also, it's a harem, I guess. Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're really, really, really locked behind the actual twist, to which that's stupid. Don't hold on to it for that long. But uh, at any rate, I'm uh, definitely not watching more. So uh, yeah. okay, okay, sketch. Mm-hmm. What is the context of why the dog fucks him? How does that even happen? Uh, all right. So when he first meets. Uh, the the white haired boy who is in his harem, uh, that so kid basically is revealed getting later, assaulted it. by a, a a smaller dog, and then he tries to rescue the kid, and that gets the attention of a bigger dog. 
Uh-huh. And then they get away from the dog, but then later in the episode, he gets railed by that dog just because that dog is very horny, I guess. What? I can't. You, I, I didn't write it. Why would you? Why would? Why would you open your dumb sci-fi harem anime with your main character getting <sighs> assaulted by a dog? Why? Why the? I don't know. The most mysterious thing that's occurring here it seems like the the teacher the teacher seems to have like bad people chasing after her at some point in the second episode don't know why i'm guessing she's hot and then gets in sexual situations with the main character too Uh, oh yes of course okay okay it 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 has yeah it's just shoving all the 2000 terror tropes in your face like the only thing it doesn't have is the obligatory Venom character, to which, like, at least not getting that well. Not yet, at least! In a season with a show celebrating its 45th anniversary, this sounds like the most dated thing, but somehow <laughs> even worse. Uh, yeah. We're gonna talk about Urusa Yatsura way later. Just know... You can watch that instead. Yes, but also a lot of rom-com harem tropes can be traced back to Urusa Yatsura from 1978, and a lot of them are done way, way worse. Isn't that right, Ken Akamatsu, with your love Hina crap? That man's a government official now. Is it, uh, is it, oh, wow. Is it, yeah, is it, yeah, it really is surreal just to give a real I think, like, wow, like, everything that went wrong with harem anime can really just be traced back to Ken Akamatsu. And if you want a good show about cohabitation with the opposite sex, we'll get to that later. Are we? We'll we'll figure it out as we go along. That's uh yeah. So uh love flops. Watch Urusiatsura instead. And also wait for us to talk about it, like way later in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be here for a minute, okay? We have a lot to do, okay. All right, <clears throat> so now we come to basically um, the other good shows that a lot of you probably aren't watching because, well, let's be honest. There's only so much. <laughs> and also, all the really big shows are really big this time around. So, uh, we will yeah, just- this is the this is the pile of stuff where we have the contradiction of the the shows that are big are really big, and the sequels that are big are also really big. So, some of these might be like the cream of the crop in any other season are like barely breaking even because of that discrepancy this time around. Yep. It is absolutely insane how loaded this se- how loaded this season actually is. But nevertheless, we carry on and we start with our latest uh, villainous adventure. I'm the villainous, so I'm taming the final boss. This is one of two shows I kind of really regret not watching before we started this one because I was actually pretty interested in this one in particular. Oh, oh, uh, well, I have watched a pretty bit out of this one. I. I think I saw, like, three or four episodes of the, like, the first episode of the dub, which I quite like. But, uh, yeah, the basic gist of this is, uh, you know, your usual uh, reincarnation setup. Uh, 
So, uh, Gamer Girl is reincarnated as a villainess, and Nolini discovers later in life. And uh, that happened uh, literally right as uh, she's uh, breaking things off with her fiance, who has chosen, you know, the actual heroine of the story. So, uh, now that uh, the villainous girl, Eileen, is on her own, uh, she decides to uh, go hook up with her former fiance's brother because uh, he has his own kingdom. So, so as he decides to do that, and also because. Uh, uh, that brother also happens to be the final boss of the game, so uh, if she doesn't do that, she will end up getting uh, killed off by him in a extremely hilarious kind of off-kilter fashion, so uh, obviously she's trying to prevent that from happening. As I add, uh, as I add uh, what do you know it, like, brooding, as I, uh, brooding Dark Boy is also like, really hot and brooding, so uh, there's that, and uh, romantic hijinks kind of ensue. But, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this one. Uh, it's got a pretty uh, different vibe from uh, my next life as a villainess, and that, uh, that uh, the of this show is kind of like a little meter, a little meter, which I kind of appreciate. Like, you got to be a little meaner to grab a bull by the horns, I guess. She's not like super mean, but she's she a clever like, girl. A, but she does have a little more like that, which I definitely appreciate. Cause, like, I like I like kind of you know, but uh, you know the whole like endearing stupidity thing. Fuck, that I, I would want that across like every heroine in these uh, kinds of shows. So. This girl is not dense at all. Yeah. She she's very aware of her situation and wants to do whatever she can to avoid her inevitably bad outcome. But she's also a really nice girl, and she wants to uh, give the demon lord what he wants, which is to kind of help demons and humans get along so they they work towards that goal together so he he keeps her around for that reason i also think he keeps her around just because he knows it pisses off his brother yeah yeah and i have a pretty cute dynamic where like she's really where like she's really assertive and that kind of cuts them off guard a bit and then like every now and then he'll like is that every now and is that every now and then uh, I don't think I'm off enough to like say something weird and brooding, and then he mm-hmm. like has, ends up catching feelings despite you know it's kind of being your whole weird plan to avoid dying and not particularly caring about the robots part. So like that whole thing's pretty amusing. There also seems to be some kind of devious plot to ensure that the villainous has a bad experience. Not entirely sure where it's coming from yet, but I have my guesses. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I again, I only want stuff to like episode three or four. So I don't know if it's got to that particular twitch yet, but I'm curious about that. Well, that stuff was already happening. Like she's being framed for picking on the her- uh, the heroine, uh, so, uh, uh, that uh, sort of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is weird. There's something uh, going on there. Yeah, and it is worth. I just love how the prince just gets his. It's like, oh, all right, well, we're breaking up. Okay, later. Have a good life. It's like, but no, you're not mad. Oh, yeah, the prince. Yeah, the prince is. Oh, yeah, that dude is just like a queer. That dude's a real piece of work. Just very clearly, just very clearly weird, jealous boyfriend. Despite the fact that he's the one who apparently broke things off. So. 
Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is this one actually is a pretty strong recommend. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, got, and also got to say, uh, like I said before, I didn't watch the first time I said the dub. Uh, definitely been a long time since I've heard uh, John Bergmeier do like a BG character, and this one is like particularly uh, bizarre, bizarre sort of voice for him. Watch Fruits Basket. Okay, uh, look, uh, look, uh, look. Okay, okay. To be fair, Jean Grey from Fruits Basket is also kind of like scrubby. He is, he is pretty. Uh, he's also kind of scrubby. This dude is not. He's a little scrubby, and he's also kind of a little bit of a dick. It's a, it's a, oh, yeah, yes. yeah. So this kind of yeah. So this kind of sounds like Jean Grey, but like mine is a scrub. So like, it's a little surreal to me. But uh, I like the performance. Mm, uh, I'm also told he sounds very hot, and that's drug people. Yes. <laughs> So that's what you're saying, uh, to be fair. Uh, to be fair. Putting on the Karama. Anyone? Leather Kenny? Mm. Watch Leather Kenny, it's good. And it sounds like you should watch I'm the Villainous, so I'm taming the final boss as well. Something I do plan to do at some point. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's definitely good. Okay, now we now we go to uh, a show that is honestly way, way, way more real than it has any right to be, especially for me. Bochi the Rock. So, I was thinking I was just gonna do an episode, and I did three. Uh, uh, um. Yeah. Uh, the best way to describe this show uh, is hey there, you. Uh, do you want to watch a show about, you know, reliving all your awkward high school years, just having that stare straight back into your soul? This is the show for you. Social anxiety, Kayon. So, like, I oh, knew th- I, I knew this was a... I, I know this is a cute girls doing cute things show, because I know this runs in the big cute Moe Girls for Coma magazine, Manga Time Kiara. So I kind of went in with the, okay, this is probably going to be pretty cute and lavishly animated. This is very cute. This is very lavishly animated. This is the same team, I believe, that was working on this season's My Dress Up Darling, another extremely well animated and produced show. I wasn't expecting... (laughs) I wasn't expecting all of that yeah wow <laughs> see it's very real to me as well because uh for any of you out there who don't know i don't i don't know if that came through but if it did cool yes i'm a uh anxiety prone guitar player as well and high school sucks when you're an anxiety prone guitar player so, so uh yeah i'm feeling this extra hard holy crap so, let's talk about Bochi, a.k.a. Goto. She is a girl who decided in sixth grade she's very awkward. She's a very awkward little duckling. She's not good at group settings. She's not good with talking with people. She's not good with interacting with people. And she kind of doesn't know what to do to f- change herself. So at some point in sixth grade, she's like, you know what? 
I saw a guy who was like a reclusive guy in high school, and then he became a guitarist, and now he's very popular and doing all these shows. I'm going to learn to play the guitar, and I'm going to start a band in middle school. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, and cut the high school. Three years later, and 30,000 YouTube subscribers later, and she has no friends in school, and people don't even know she plays the guitar, and she doesn't talk to anybody. And she is just this little recluse playing her guitar in her closet, which I'm pretty sure there is some sort of double entendre there, if you know where you're looking. But, oh my god, Goto, Hitori Goto, aka Bochi. What was the fucking Lost Thief tweet? I need to find that specific tweet. Give me a second. Okay. Please continue talking. Yeah, while you do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is me, uh, except for the 30,000 YouTube subscribers, because I'm not that uh, fortunate. Wish I were, so I could make some money off of it, but it is what it is. But, uh, yeah. Everyone has that rock star idol dream of playing the Budokan Hall one day. I found the tweet. Anime Twitter sees a deeply mentally unwell cartoon girl disassociate out of this immense of existence as her brain eats itself in some form of anxious instinct. Anime Twitter. Daughter. Exactly fucking love this girl i want her to grow up big and strong and healthy anyways she decides i can't start the conversation i'm gonna have going to just wear bring my guitar to school and wear it around and just wear all these i'm gonna wear all these totes with band badges and stickers and i'm gonna look like a real rocker girl so everybody's gonna be like oh you're so cool you in a band oh what kind of music do you like and not realizing no that's that's not really gonna help if nobody talks to you nobody's gonna strike up the conversation with you on their own uh... except for <laughs> but we do need to move things a little bit along so this cute little this cute little blonde girl who looks straight out of Mitsuboshi colors to me uh, sees her with a guitar strikes up the conversation she's always wanted and her response is yeah, 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 I, mean, I mean I guess so yeah, yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> and it's also god so it turns out she's like, yeah, our guitarist kind of bailed on us. So we need a, you have a guitar. You know how to play guitar. Help us out for the show, why don't you? And she reluctantly agrees, despite the fact that she really doesn't want to because she's scared. And she says something that's along the lines of, it wouldn't be social anxiety if I wasn't afraid to say no. <laughs> <sighs> Wow. I, I kind of cannot believe this cute girls playing guitar things show is as fucking cutting as it is. 
absolutely brutal. And then we meet her, the other members of her band, of her band, which is uh, Ichikshi is the blonde girl, and Yamada is the very butch-looking bassist. And then they will also get a girl later named Kita, which I learned this week that they're all named after Asian Kung Fu Generation. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> nice. That's so great. But incredible. Also, this show is visually immaculate. The girls all look very cute. It is very impressively animated and produced. Like, episode three in particular is like a visual tour de force and very funny with very good gags. Yeah. Whenever Boti's having her freak out moments, it's so immaculately animated. <laughs> Like, it even does a little mixed media where she's like, oh god, my very existence is threatening to tear itself apart. And then it's a little balloon popping. <laughs> like, just a real balloon popping. It's like, that's fucking great. I think my, per my personal favorite visual thing is like, okay, Kita... I'm trying to convince a, a vocalist to join our band, and this girl's pretty. She's very social. She, I'm feeding her all these lives that, like, I am in a band, and we party all night and rock out every day, and we just crush pussy 24-7 because we're real party animals. So she's just like... She's like, okay, roll with me on this one. I need you to blast EDM throughout the club and drink a shit ton of energy drinks to impress somebody. And then all the while they're reading that text, there's like a there's like a rainbow filter and it's like a EDM beat as they're reading her text. And then they're just like, what the fuck is she on about? <laughs> it, it's so. It's also really funny. It's really funny, but I really do like these characters and their struggle, and really want them to get better. In any other sh season, this would be like the most talked about thing or the surprise smash hit, but I feel like the very n nature of it being a cute girls doing cute things show in 2022, where the Moe boom is kind of long past now, it it's not dead, but like the peak is pretty much gone now. This is, like, as good as it gets in regards to cute girls doing cute things anime. Really great characters, really great animation and visuals. Really hope they give this one a dub, as well as another one we'll be talking about later. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was just going to do an episode. This is very charming. I love the OP. I really love the ED. Like, I love the cute little chibis. Like practicing and then jamming out at the end it's, it's oh this one is delightful uh yeah uh protect booji booji is very good also i know it's a cute girls doing cute things manga time kiara thing so you kind of assume okay there's gonna be a little bit of yuri bait or whatever i don't know kita seems pretty fucking gay for yamada yeah, that that's not bait. <laughs> that's just oh, you are actually head over heels, and you want to you either want to be her main girl or you want to be her side chick. Either way, you want a piece of that pie. <laughs> and girl, I don't blame you. Also, the very funny gag is that she's having trouble learning the guitar and gives up, and then she's like, "Are you sure you're playing a guitar?" 
and not a bass? It's like, yeah, of course I'm playing a guitar. It's got six strings. That is, that's a six string bass. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Easy mistake. Uh, I mean, all the really cool bass players play six string basses, like uh, John Myung and Thundercats. Oh, yes. But it's just really funny where she's like, I will buy that off of you, but now I have to eat weeds. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, this is, a, this is a very good show, but oh, it, it gets a little too real, especially for uh, me with my um, past. When they ask her to get a job and she immediately thinks, no, I can't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Too real. Uh, Too real. Uh, I gotta say, uh, yeah, I know you haven't gotten to that one yet, Andrew, but, like, to me, the best tag is in episode four, where they, like, ask her to, like, open a social media account, and she's just, like, literally decoupled from reality. Like, actually glitches on screen. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Let's get to something a little less uh, real, a little more... Comfy adjacent, I'd say, with Bibliophile Princess. This is another one I wanted to get to, but have not gotten around to, so I will leave this one in your capable hands. Um, yeah, I watched the first episode of this one. It's a pretty straightforward thing. Um, as a, uh, as a, uh, you've got like some kind of uh, fantasy kingdom. Um, as I, uh, the heroine is like a noble girl who is, of course, like. Realistic, who is of course really into books, and I'm like, what? And then one day she's approached by uh, by, uh, by another noble who uh, wants to enter into an arranged marriage with her, and, so, and apparently, like the deal that the deal they strike is uh, that, that is uh, is hey, uh, agree to be my fiance. You can dodge all the like marriage proposals you clearly don't want, and you can you know uh, read all the books you want. I just like need you for political purposes, and uh, they agree to that, so so you have to just kind of have this, like, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so they just have, like, this whole supposedly loveless relationship where, uh, so, uh, where they're just kind of pretending to be engaged, and she's just, you know, hanging around reading books. Oh, so, oh, so, oh but we you know it when uh, the prince is, like, you know, um, engaged with other normal girls, he starts realizing, oh, gee, by that feelings after all, and that's kind of what happens in the first episode. I haven't really seen anything past that. Oh, you should have watched episode two. <laughs> because at the end of the first episode, I thought, oh, no, is this poor girl's life gonna be torn to shreds because this other girl is going to rip her away from the prince and destroy her life in the process? That's what it looked like it was doing. But it turns out the prince was tricking this other girl the whole time. <laughs> and he actually has very strong feelings for uh, Miss Bernstein. <laughs> Elena. Yeah, that's her name. Elena Bernstein. Who he, you know, and, and initi initially baited her with, look, I enjoy your company, we can pretend to be engaged, and you get access to the Royal Library if you agree to this. She's like, yeah, I want the Royal Library. And she understood that it was 
supposed to be just for appearances. But she does develop feelings, and when she feels like she's about to lose her place in his life, it really upsets her. And then the conniving other woman goes ahead and tries to set her up, but it's completely unsuccessful, and the prince calls her out on all of her crap and the people associated with her to uh, show that there was this whole uh, conspiracy plot having to do with the throne succession. And basically, at the end of that ordeal, he's like, okay, well, uh, does anybody object to me actually marrying this girl and her becoming your queen someday? And all these people in attendance are like, nah, she's great. And the poor girl's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, turn, it's turned into a whole different thing than what it seemed like it was going to be. So prop, props to them for not being idiots. Oh, that's cool. Like, eh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good eh, but, Yeah, this seems like a perfectly fine, classical JoJo thing. Eh, I will probably watch more of it at some point. Eh, so, eh, if, if for no other reason, I'd like, I really like good old, you know, good old classical Badhouse JoJo stuff. We don't get those kind of shows anymore. It is a nice throwback-ish kind of show to uh, a much simpler time. Hmm. That's good. But I, I love the hook that uh, the prince was not allowed to actually marry her until he could prove that she was more interested in him than books. That that was one of the agreements he made with the family. Mm. <laughs> Which is kind of ridiculous, but... It's very silly, but... She really likes her books. And he originally kind of falls for her because she berates him for mistreating a book at some point. And he's like, oh, there's something to this girl. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can think of most of the time is like, with her nose stuck in a book. <laughs> yeah. That Beauty and the Beast song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Now, a little behind-the-scenes notes. I write these lists for the seasons, like, immediately when the season begins. That way I don't, have to, I don't uh, forget anything later on. Let it be known, had I known that this show was only going to be four episodes long, I would have second-guessed putting it in here, but we're here now. We may as well commit to it. How was Housing Complex C, anyway? I thought it was pretty good. Good to know. It was, a, it, was a, it was a slow burn. Since it was only four episodes, you could definitely debate whether or not they should have spent more time doing this or that. But by the end of episode three, they had a lot to account for in the final episode. And overall, I think they succeeded. I I would say it's... Uh, Definitely one of the more admirable, admirable efforts coming from Toonami Originals. So there's that. that. That's good to hear, actually. I've kind of been wanting to check that one out, so... I'll... It's probably best experienced like a movie. 
So just watch all four episodes back to back. If you pace it out over weeks, it, there is cliffhangers that'll keep you kind of interested. But if you have the opportunity to just watch all four at once, it works better that way, I think. But it was always intended to be four episodes, according to the producer, Maki. So, <laughs> it is what it is. And honestly, if you got HBO Max, watch it. Duly noted. A big commitment. I plan on checking it out. I will second that notion. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to say about it. Uh, it's, it's a good horror kind of show. Uh, if you like Hikarashi, you might like this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this next one I'm putting up here on the top based solely on suggestion, even though I have very little to say about it. Reincarnated as a sword. Uh, so, uh, I have been enjoying this one a little more than I thought I would. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, obviously, as I kind of suggest, you know, you've got your usual isekai dude, except this time he gets reincarnated as a magic sword, <clears throat> so, as a magic intelligence sword or whatever, so that's kind of the thing. Uh, so, uh, so, which, uh, which, you know, under any of the normal circumstances, which, you know, under any of the circumstances, would just kind of be a giant truck. Uh, but the actual hook is that he is, okay, is that uh, he's our point of view character, but he is not meant to be the hero of the story. Uh, the hero of the story is like a random, as I is like a random cat girl who uh, starts off uh, trapped in slavery. Uh, our tour guy helps. A sort of guy in a surprising twist from every other music guy thing that exists decides to help liberate her from slavery because, you know, that's what you should do. So, uh, I have a weirdly cynical question for you. But at least humor me for a second. Go ahead. You think that's the way it is because he wrote a story where the protagonist literally cannot have sex with slaves? Get out. Go to the corner. I think I, I think you're uh, the get in the corner right now. I am actually going in the corner because I feel bad for that random curse thought in my Good. brain. So I yeah. Good. I, 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 I you should give the author a bit more benefit of the doubt than that. I I think in some ways, yes, you are correct. That is fair. But there have also been plenty of offers who I did give the benefit of the doubt, and it turned out that was a mistake. So after Catgirl gets um, liberated, she takes the she you know takes the sword, decides to uh, and decides to become a great adventurer uh, because apparently uh, her. Apparently she's from a race that's like looked down upon because apparently they're like the only race that can't evolve or. Something like that, so she wants to prove everyone wrong and, like, rise to the top, so... And there you go, she's the actual... She's the character you're actually supposed to be rooting for. The sword, the sword is just kind of, like, here along for the ride. And I thought, like, yeah. like, in, like in Hay again, you know, opening, like opening by having her not only get liberated from slavery, but then, you know, go around and kill her slavers is, uh... Again, you leave our freaking guys with sense so low. The bar is really that low, so watching a cat girl literally just 
like axe a bunch of slavers is pretty fucking great. Yeah. It's like, oh, Zoom gets them. Zoom, Zoom guy, they have like a kind of a cute little sort of. It's sort of, it's kind of like a interesting little father daughter ish dynamic, so that's cute. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, I'm teacher. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that. The only complaint, uh, like, the only complaint I have is, uh, you know, it's, it is, it's, you know, it, it's a guy, so, uh, I, so, so there is sometimes the fear that they might get skeevy with the cowgirl, which is like, please don't do that, just, please don't do that. It sounds like they have not. There are a couple of times where it feels like they lead really close to doing it, but thankfully they didn't, but it's like, please, just, just don't do that. Basically, right now, they're kind of playing a game of chicken with the camera. <sighs> Yeah. But I have heard really good things about this one, so I will check it out at some point. And also, this one got confirmed for a dub, so A. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they announced that at um, <laughs> Anime, Anime Weekend Atlanta, along with a couple other shows that are getting dubbed, which, uh, more on that later. Much later. Mm-hmm. And so we move on to a show that I was only reminded of before we started recording because uh, that's just how these things happen. There are no more rules for scheduling anymore. But we have here a, we have here a new show just premiered on Netflix, Romantic Killer. Um, so yeah, uh, so my familiarity with this one was mostly like seeing the ads on Netflix, and also uh, because I know. Because because a couple of people I follow on Twitter have a bit of a, a weird disgruntled relationship with how Viz chose to market this for some reason. Where is it? Where is it? Where they have it labeled under Shoujo Beat, despite the fact that it ran in Shoujo Jump Plus, which is a really weird thing to do, especially since it's on the Shoujo Jump app now anyway. So it's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm not going to complain too much because this actually does seem like a pretty interesting, fun premise. Like, oh yeah, so uh, uh, so yeah, I did watch the first episode, and it's got your, you know, it's it's got your, you know, Shinzo Shinzo Abe propaganda premise, which is uh, procreate. <laughs> yeah, so the main yeah, so the main heroine is like a gamer girl who's uh, who's addicted to Otome games, chocolate, and her cat. Which, uh, which, which you know, uh, which you know, that's ain't nothing wrong with that. So, Ab apparently just like weird Shinzo Abe fairy thinks that is a problem, so he decides to take a potato. A potato fairy steals all of them, including the cat, which is just fucking rude. Yeah, uh, yeah like at least let her keep the cat. That's just mean. Yeah, that that's that's too far. <laughs> I mean, the, it's not like they get get rid of the cat. The cat just goes with her parents who. Mysteriously, have work overseas. Uh, oh uh, God, uh, they're dead. Yeah, so fairy. No, they're not. They come back later. Yeah, so the fairy takes all that away and says, "Hey," and says, "Hey, you go on a date." And uh, yeah, uh, that's basically how the premise starts. Yes, what what it is doing is setting up a dating sim game in reality and using its wizard powers to make hot guys appear in front of her. And because she's not distracted 
by her video games or her chocolate or her love of her cat, she's going to notice, or so it thinks. But more and more contrivances pile upon each other, and sure enough, she starts running into handsome young men, some of which were technically already in her life, and she just didn't realize it. Um, um, yeah, and then she, yeah, and she actually decides to go against these things, so I'll be very, and just, like, actively avoid all these guys who are approaching her. Which, uh, clearly is not going to work, but, uh, that is a pretty funny setup. Yeah, she basically fails that by the end of the first episode. Uh, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I did watch, yeah, I did watch the first episode, which was, uh, pretty amusing. Uh, uh, yeah, to which, uh, I did notice the dub, uh, Boy, Jason Griffith, that is a name I have not seen in an anime dub in many years. The handsome, brooding young man is played by Chex Notes, Jason Griffith. <laughs> okay, to be fair, it is actually not the first brooding anime boy he's played. Like, everyone thinks yeah, he played brooding. Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, 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 okay, okay, uh, okay, yeah, I know what you're doing there, but the point is he is actually... This is a much more reserved it's, it's, Yeah, the point is everyone just thinks he can only do the Sonic voice, but he actually can do a lot of, like, reserved characters. He's done that before. True. So, so, like, True. I, so, like, I don't, but of but, course, the star of the show is Deneen Melody. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't... As Ansel. Yeah, I, yeah I, don't know what else, I don't know what else to see, like, Girl Kami or these at Manta, but he sort of knows shows. He was... And he was really good at those shows where people should watch them. Well, maybe not that bad, but definitely Kurokami. Ah, yes, Kurokami. Uh, yeah, Deneen Melody is absolutely killing it as Anzu, playing all the lairs, you know, the... You know, she's she's got a lot of manic gremlin energy sometimes. Which, which is, I do enjoy just, manic gremlin energy. fantastic. Like... She's put into a scenario where a guy has to spend the night with her because there's a typhoon going on. And this is all from magic, of course. And she's like, all right, you think I'm going to, you know, just just roll with this situation? No, I'm going to put on the frumpiest outfit I have and I'm going to be as annoying as possible until he wants to leave. (laughs) It doesn't work. That's pretty funny. Yeah, she's she's just adorable, Anzu. She's uh she's she's definitely a best girl. And so first first there's the brooding hot guy, and then we introduce the childhood friend, or 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 so it is claimed that this is the childhood friend showing up on her doorstep one morning. He's like, oh, what? Who are you? Doesn't even recognize him. And then some rich guy moves in at at some point into town and is like peasant woman you must bow before me oh no 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 i'm not doing that it's like what you won't all right well i will get your attention other ways and she you know chips away at him a little bit and would you believe that the hoity-toity rich guy is voiced by Kellen Goff. I what? did it's hear about that. Interesting casting choice. That is inspired. Mm. Inspired works here. <laughs> and the childhood friend is played by Alex Lake, who is playing a character who is quite 
the opposite of his character on Rent a Girlfriend. Good. Good. Quite. I also the know there, there's a girl Jenny Yokobori plays where there is a bit where it's like she literally murdered some kids in school that asked her how big her boobs were, and she responded yeah. with, "How big is your dick?" Yeah, she she plays her uh, Anzu's one female friend in school. Which that's a brutal response. That like, is such a brutal response. I almost can't believe I've never heard it before. Or at least I've never seen it used in a show before. But yeah, it's it's a very, very funny show. The uh, the constant back and forth between the potato fairy and Anzu is, is really amusing. Because she she refuses to be a heroine to the best of her ability. But she does kind of let her guard down eventually and learn to accept... I feel like the moral of the story is that the best relationships come from when you're not looking for a relationship. When you're not craving a relationship. That's a pretty good moral. But along with all the funny stuff, there is actually a fairly serious storyline towards the end of the season that explores uh, young men dealing with trauma. And it does so very respectfully and it's really good. It's like really freaking good. So I can't recommend it enough. Okay. Uh, Romantic killer. Watch it. Okay, yeah, then we're gonna watch more of that. I will definitely look into doing that at some point. I just don't know when, because admittedly I'm now in the. Did this come out before or after October? Is kind of the deciding factor. Technically speaking, it did come out it came in out October. In October. Yeah, it came out in October. So okay. Before or after September is what I meant to say. Ah, well, it's after September, too. So it doesn't matter to me right now. So this is the other show that involves cohabitation that is actually good, because somehow or other she ends up having to live with some of these boys. Oh! Oh, this was the one you meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. What, do you think I meant yeah, Yatsura? No, 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 no. no, no, no. There, I thought another, you meant... There's another show we're going to get to later. I thought you meant oh. that one. <laughs> okay. No, that's, this is what I'm talking about. Okay, good, good, good. Respect. Yeah, it's it's a very, very funny show. Anyways, mm-hmm. this next one is one I also kind of regret not getting to for tonight, because I feel I yeah. would have been interesting. Next show here, uh, Raven of the Inner Palace. Again, this was put on here based solely on suggestion. Uh, yeah, this one is uh, really good. Uh, so uh, it's a fantasy series kind of taking place in a pseudo-like, um, like a pseudo-like imperial Chinese court, basically. It's a, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the main character is like, the main character is a like special consort who's like um who is basically who basically like investigates a bunch of like spirits and stuff and is kind of and it's kind of considered it is kind of a special place for the palace and uh so and because of that special position she's not beholden to you know uh having to you know having to uh, work as a concubine or anything like that so like that's a whole uh, interesting angle there. So, uh, so, uh, so this basically starts off where uh, she gets a request from the uh, from the current emperor to uh, uh, so, uh, to investigate a mysterious pair of 
earrings he came across because uh, they're possessed by spirits. So, uh, this, uh, so uh, she ends up looking into that and uh, just like, uh, and uh, that ends up getting her uh, looking into a whole like uh, deep political conspiracy involving uh, the emperor and uh, his adopted mother who is responsible for the death of his actual mom. So uh, that's the whole uh, interesting angle it plays around with. So and that's basically the first two episodes and they're pretty good. And then uh, I did see episode three, which is uh, which kind of has a uh, different storyline going on. And that's uh, involving like a I can't remember if it was a magic book or something along those lines. But uh, so, but, uh yeah, but I'm really digging this one. Uh, has a lot of cool uh, political intrigue, uh, nice fantasy vibes, and, uh, so, and it looks pretty. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely pretty. Very pretty. So, uh, yeah, uh, pretty solid show. And uh, I have also seen the first two episodes of Dub, and uh, that's also good. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely recommend this one. It's pretty good. I realized both of the shows I really wanted to watch but didn't get around to start Alexis Tipton. Oh, that, oh yeah, oh yeah, she's good both of them. Good to hear. She always seems real. She's always great in what she does. Glad to hear she's great in both. Mm-hmm. I. It kind of cracks me up every time that she uses her her like pose power. It's like it's like a magical girl thing <laughs> when she does the. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Some kind of magic. But it, it's like, oh, we're reusing this animation, are we? <laughs> but otherwise, it's a, it's a very nice-looking show. And if you like mysteries and you like um, some political intrigue, because there's clearly something going on with the, the prince and that whole situation. Good, good stuff. Also, there might be a bit of romance. Maybe. I'm not sure. But it's leaning towards it. Cool. Very good. <clears throat> okay. Um, as far as I know, there's no English title for this. Not yet anyway. So we're just going to call it as it is. Shinobi no Itoki. Uh, yeah, I watched the first episode of this and uh, it was kind of a shrug for me. That's kind of a bummer because it, it it looked at least charming. But. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think the general gist of it is that is that, is that uh, there's like you know a whole war between two is that, uh, between two old Japanese disciplines that is apparently still going on in the modern day for um that's, uh, for some reason it, like that's going on in the background. Is that, which I that, which uh, you know under normal circumstances would sound like a pretty Fun premise, but the reason it doesn't particularly work is that uh, is that the main character is just kind of like presented as some ordinary slub, but he's also an ordinary slub who has like really good kind of pseudo ninja skills because he does a lot of training with his mom, which which would make you think, okay, so clearly like this kid is a ninja and like he's in on the whole ninja thing, but for some reason he is not. And all they did the thing despite being trained as one and literally finds out about the whole thing at the end of the first episode, which is like, why did nobody ever tell him about this? I, 
I don't think his mom actually trained him. We trained him. him wrong as a joke. <laughs> uh, because he says he, he goes to, like, gymnastics and other classes. I don't think his mother was involved in any of those. Okay, okay. Because... Uh, I mean, the gymnastics thing really seemed like her training him. And again, he has, like, all the parkour skills, so, like, clearly someone was training him, so yeah, it's right. like, why did they just sell him? Good question. Uh, I think his mother wanted him to live a normal life as long as possible, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, she's plan, really though. the one who directs him into the whole busy thing, so even that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, regardless of anything else, he's the heir of the clan, so he kind of has to... Yeah. But he is given the opportunity to walk away. His, his cool uncle's like, all right, this is a lot to take in. I understand that, so I can go put you in hiding, or you can step up. He's like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Great. First thing, you gotta get into the ninja school. What? Yep, you gotta get into the ninja school. So there's a test in the second episode to get into the ninja school. And he somehow gets in. And then in the third episode, he gets to the ninja school. I'm not quite sure what this show is doing at this point. <laughs> Other than there are ninjas from the rival clan that go to his school that are all giving him a hard time, but they're like the upper class of that school. They have all the money all the power, all the influence, so they're going to make his life difficult and constantly remind him that he's uh, worthless and they want to kill him, but they can't because they're at school. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> I'm really not sure, other than the dub seems pretty good. Yeah. It, it looked fine enough, but yeah, I, I guess you can't uh, get them all. So um, <clears throat> we'll just move on. And I don't really know how to tactfully segue into this next one. So I'm just going to pull up a clip that describes the relationship of two of its characters early on from uh, a good friend of ours. And, uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Yes, we're talking about Berserk, the Golden Age arc, uh, Butt Buddy edition. Wow, so that's uh, well, so, uh, well, exactly not the clip I thought you were going to pull. I went back get... deep because um, a friend of the show, NJ, has noticed some interesting inconsistencies regarding one scene in particular from Berserk, basically the meeting of Guts and Griffith. Whether it's the TV show, or the movies, or now this, or even the video game, it's been scripted a little bit differently every time. Uh, yeah, that's the thing of, you know, having a different translator on each one. So each one translated that in a different way. Uh, as I, uh, and uh, interesting, this one would, would butt buddy of all things, but, uh, sure. I mean, the subtext is there. Uh, okay, uh, I mean, okay, I mean, to be fair, it is probably better than translating it straight because that's what he's supposed to be. And it's all apparently, so uh, yeah, that worked better. Mm. So, um, 
Yeah, we have a TV edit of the Golden Age Arc film trilogy with some new slash altered uh, scenes. It's an like, uh, yeah. like, uh, yeah, I like I, I like the Berserk movies. That's actually how I first got into Berserk, so uh, I have a pretty decent amount of nostalgia for them. Uh, the 2D stuff still looks pretty good. The CG is not aged like super great, but hey, it still looks better than Berserk 2016, so uh, you know, uh, it at least clears the lowest bar. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but honestly, uh, but honestly, uh, this is all flat, well good, but I'm just mostly sitting here waiting to see what happens with the dub. Because... Yes, it, that should be interesting. Because I, I, uh, it is... Uh, because it was hard to tell uh, whatever they're going on, especially uh, the whole Bob Psycho situation. Uh, if uh, if Crutcher was going to bother with reprisals at all for this, or just sip uh, it to Texas. There's also a particularly a unique situation, as we've discussed before, in regards to the fact that Mark DeRyson literally does not do voice acting anymore. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, with that in mind, I was honestly generally assuming they were going to just ship this out to Texas, but uh, we are like four or five episodes into this, and... Uh, there is not an English dub. Curiously, not an English dub, but there are dubs for other languages, which, uh, going by how Crunchyroll uh, normally operates, means that uh, this is probably getting, at the very least, getting shipped out of Texas. Which then begs the question, who and where? Yeah, uh... it's a question of, will it be NYAP Post or Bangsu? Uh, hard to say, but I'm betting either way, it will probably be KT Texas Guts. Which is not a bad choice for him at all. We will most certainly burn that bridge when we come across it. But uh, if, if you want to, you know, get a head start on this, uh, Viz still has the movies on Blu-ray, and I'm pretty sure you can find them online somewhere. I think they got taken down, actually. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was about to say, are they still on Netflix? Because I know they were on Netflix for a while. No, let me look. I mean, that's why. That's why I said somewhere. Um, the the bay will have all your needs if need be. Let's see. <laughs> nope, not enough books anymore. Berserk. Uh, yep. Nope, not enough books anymore. Well, poop. Uh, let me just pull up a quick little Google search, a little Amazon search here. Berserk. Golden Age Arc. Um, uh, hmm. oh, okay. Not available on Amazon. That's uh, concerning. Hmm. Uh, not on Hulu either, so I guess it's just uh, right up at the screen. Lost it, and now Crunchyroll is the version that will exist. Well, which... uh, if you have those Blu-ray discs before they went away, uh, good for you, which means good for me. I don't think you're going to see the uh, the uh, to put it bluntly sex scenes in their full glory on TV though. Not in 2022, at least. Probably. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, we have one more big uh, good show to talk about, but I feel as though we need some proper mood music for it. So let me just do a little thing, and I got it. 
this is the music that fits the mood of this show. Do it yourself! Not the genre I was expecting, but you know what? It's... So Do It Yourself is the other really strong, really good, really well-animated cute girls doing cute things show this season that really should have gotten it a dub, too. Come the fuck on, Crunchy. Uh. Um, I am very... This has some really good blobs. I really like these blobs. Yua Serifu is a precious bean who is a hazard to herself, and I hope she has health insurance. I love her. She is lazy, she is sleepy, she is adorkable. She has very cute fluffy pets, including a fluffy dog, a fluffy cat, and a pig with sunglasses that's afraid about the fact that they eat pork cutlets every night and is traumatized. I mean, wouldn't you? So, she has a best friend from across the, across the road. Is it even the road? Literally right next door. She has a bestie, Foresti, right next door that's grown up and it has become a little bit Sundere-ish to her. They didn't wind up in the same high school, but they are basically neighbor high schools already because the giant future tech school is literally encompassing the old, normal, boring Japanese school. And then Yua winds up breaking her bike, and then this really cool senpai fixes her bike manually with, like, tools and stuff. And then she's like, ooh, who's that girl? And then it's like, you all, you don't want to go near her. She's the crazy girl who goes in the shed, and you hear, like, axes and saws going off all the time. (laughs) And then it's just, oh no, that's a shed for the DIY club. Which is where you make chairs and... You make benches and stuff with wood and pliers and nails and glue. You know, I I have seen pictures of shops from Japan tying into this show, selling just houseware supplies. Can we get something like that over here? Can we just get high school anime kids at like Home Depot or Lowe's? I said, ah, it's a, uh, yeah, uh, baby, who knows. Uh, by the way, this has, like, some pretty good laid-back camp-style vibes. It's a, 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 it's I I think this is very charming. I really like all the character designs in this. I think they're all very charming girls. I like that girl who looks like a smug cat girl. I like her very Sundari friend in a very futuristic house that has like a talking like jellyfish projector. Which, by the way, I did not think this was going to be near future show. But this is actually where it's like near future is kind of important in regards to the fact that like the ever evolving technology of the era is making things kind of like obsolete and people are a little more less capable of doing simple things. And this is basically, hey, you know what's cool? Hammering some nail into wood or cutting some wood, and then sanding wood, and then making a bench out of some leftover skis. 
isn't that nifty and neat? It's basically, you don't have to be the... It's basically the thesis of the show as the first couple of episodes is you don't need to be the biggest, smartest, brainiest kid or have to, like, change society or be afraid of, like, you won't be able to change society and change the world or whatnot. Sometimes it's just nice to know how to do the simple little things and make yourself a cool little bench and chair every now and then. Yeah, and that's pretty neat. It is pretty neat. This show's pretty neat. I really like these character designs. They're very blorby. They're very good little scrimbos. I like these little we these little cute girl weirdos. It's a very cute, lovingly crafted show, and it feels lovingly crafted in its production. And OP is very charming. Um they are so, so, so proud of their pun. Do <laughs> yeah. it. Yusefuch. They are so proud of it. You they... said my name. <laughs> it's like my name. It's literally calling to me. It's like, oh, um, sweetie, come on. I, it, it's like the first time I'm like, okay, it's a little corny. And then the next couple of times they do it, it's like, okay, okay, you're you're coming on a little too strong, guys. I'm already in. You have already sold me. You're not going to sell me. By doing the Yura Sefu thing already. You sold me when her mom was talking about the fact that she literally fucking hurt herself. And then you got her crayons to draw. And then you're like, it's a good thing I bought the edible crayons. Otherwise you would have fucking killed yourself. <laughs> and, and that was how I was sold. I'm not a. I'm not comfortable with this future. The buses drive without drivers. Oh, it's it's very it's very it it's it's a near enough future that these are all things that are like slightly off but feel plausible. Don't put me out of a job. I also enjoy the uh the cool senpai who's got like the like little rocket shoes. Like I think that's yeah. Freaky. She's great. She's great. All these characters are fun and great. Charming show. The next door neighbor is like, I'm so above this, but she's constantly like, what is she doing down there? She's so jelly because she's like, I'm going to be better than you or I want you to feel bad. And then she sees her hanging out with other girls and she's just like, why Why can't that be me? Do you have a good time without me? It's 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 so Sundari Baka. It's like, what do they got that I don't? I'm hot, I'm cool, I'm smart, I could take care of you with my six-figure salary, and then you could be my trophy Blorby wife. I mean, it's, I don't like you or anything like that. <laughs> you want to check it out? Do it yourself. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. There you yeah, go. It's good. It's very good. This one's got a Spanish dub, so maybe we'll get an English one someday. Let's hope. But, um, yeah, if anyone out there at Crunchyroll wants to uh, team up with Home Depot, the same way that Toei <laughs> is teaming up with Hardee's and Carl's Jr. of all places. Um, I, I cannot believe how far we have come as a society 
for One Piece to be big stream enough marketable to get this much of an advertising push. <laughs> I, I, I'd go out there and get that that uh, cup, but mm. uh, uh, l- l- let's just say um, here in Charlotte, parties and hepatitis go hand in hand. Ooh, gross. Yeah. Gross. There was a hepatitis outbreak at a Hardee's in Charlotte many years ago, and I have not been to one since. Yeah, that would, that would, that's a fair reason to stay away yeah. from Hardee's. Yeah. Should have went with Jack in the Box instead. But, uh, okay, let's move on to what we're calling, as always, the Everything Else Pile, aka the list of shows you're probably not watching for various reasons why. So we'll just go through this real quick because, believe me, we still have a lot to do. Uh, so what's the what's the game plan? Five or ten minutes per show? If we're talking about any of these shows for longer than five minutes, we're doing something wrong. Okay, set a timer per show. I, I don't think we need to. We'll, we probably won't have a lot to say about all of this. Does anyone watch that Exception show on Netflix? Nope, no, I've gotten around to it. Nope. I have also not gotten around to exception. It looks stylish. I'm probably not going to check it out. There's so much fun to be had from the 3D printer called Womb. Uh, of all the shows that came out this season that I got around to, that was the exception. Did you know yeah. this was a prelay animated dub at Studiopolis? And it's got, really? I think, Laura Bailey in it. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, Laura Bailey. You'll, you'll do that, but not come back for Tiger and Bunny. Okay. Netflix money. <laughs> I ain't bitter. Uh, okay. So, yeah. I have also not seen this. Not much interest. Okay. All right. Sounds like, sounds um, like we're done. Yeah. I did not bother writing the, writing the whole title, so I'm just going to call it uh, something, something stronger, yada yada, formulated skills. I also did not watch this. I saw trailers for this, and it looked like the show was kind of melting. Good <laughs> sign. Okay, well, I've seen four episodes of this. Um... Sentai, got, Sentai has gotten much better shows and much more interesting shows this season, so I'm glad we don't really need mm. to humor or pretend that the scraps are interesting. <laughs> like, they got reincarnated as a sword, they got Eminence and Shadow, they got Urusei and Yasura, Akiba made war, and, like, one or two other interesting shows, like... We don't need to pretend that the farm isekai or love flops are the cream of a crop anymore. I don't think it is isekai, but there is, like, game mechanics to it. uh, See, that's even fucking lazier. There's just been a glut of fantasy. Just fantasy world where there are game mechanics and menus. Fucking suck my dick. Eh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I came into this show hoping to see more farming. And no, not nearly enough farming going on. Like, the guy clearly wants to get back to his farming, but he's too busy saving people's lives, I guess. I've seen exactly one thing of this show, and it's a guy throwing a carrot at a bad CGI dragon, and it explodes, oh, yeah, and then the it ricochets. Oh, yeah, CGI is so bad. And then it explodes, and then ricochets back at him like a boomerang. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's probably the most ridiculous thing that happened in the first episode. So yeah, this this guy's been farming all his life, and he's 
upped his skill levels to ridiculous amounts and he can, you know, one carrot enemies in a, on occasion. So uh, he ends up having to become an adventurer. He uh, gains the interest of the princess of the kingdom who hangs out with him incognito all the time. And he also builds a harem. He just wants to get back to his farming, and so do I, but no farming is occurring. No farming, only pussy, says the cruel god. This is, this is not living a quiet life in the countryside, let me tell you. Ah, uh, 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 it's a I really should probably watch more of that show. Yeah, now it's getting a second season. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, th th there's that. Um, cool. Uh, what about this Beast Tamer show? Is that... Oh, no, I'm not saying that. My opinion is that Dragon Lady is pretty goddamn hot. And I have not watched this. The Cat Girl and the Dragon Lady are both 15 years old. Fucking suck a dick. Fuck. No. Okay. Are you serious? Are you fucking Unfortunately, I am. I'm, I'm guessing the guy's also like 16 or something. Yeah, he's 15. Okay, so they're all six. Ah, fuck. Speaking of banished from the Heroes Party, this is about a beast tamer who gets banished from the Heroes Party because the heroes are all like, you're pathetic and we don't need you anymore. They quickly realize that he's actually an exceptional beast tamer, though he may have come from a town that's equivalent to the the like the village by the demon lord's place, you know, like Okay, so he's you know, it's basically last dungeon boonies in that sense. Yeah, in that sense. And he meets a cat girl spirit. These 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 are things that cat spirits that uh, apparently are good at martial arts inexplicably uh, and befriends her it realizes that he can use his taming skills to make a contract with her later he makes a contract with the dragon girl now a normal tamer is not supposed to be able to make contracts with more than one thing at a time but he he's like he's way OP as a tamer and making contracts with them allows him to get souped up so even though he was considerably fairly weak other than his taming skills before, which I will say, again, were exceptional, and they just didn't recognize it. Uh, he, uh, he, whenever he makes a contract with one of these mythical creatures, he gains their powers, like, he ups his magic, it ups his physical power, all of that. So, he quickly becomes OP. So, when he gets his chance to, uh, meet up with the heroes party again in around episode four. It's real satisfying to see him kick their ass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would, but I like these kinds of fantasy nonsense shows. <laughs> so you, you may, you may enjoy it. Art looks but. cute. Drag ladies looks hot. I did not know they were 15. I know, right? Like, come on, just like fly to me. Come on, well, where's it's, the, a, okay, it's a okay, dragon. Okay, 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 okay. The fairy girls are over a hundred, of course. Let's not that that means let's anything. Let's tread lightly now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fun yeah. fantasy show. 
Well, let, let's save that talk for the bleach leakers out there. <sighs> okay, now we are moving oh, on. Yes, we are moving on to a show that just literally premiered last weekend, Arknights Preludes of Dawn. Did anyone watch that first episode? I know people who like Arknights. I know this is Brit the localization for English speaking is British, and we're probably not going to get a British dub. Uh, I'm told this one's a decent mobile adaptation, but I have not watched it. Yep, I haven't checked it out. I got nothing. Yeah, sorry, uh, that shot didn't quite uh, shoot out. Oh, here's the other cohabitation. Yeah, here's the other one. Yes! More than a married couple, but not lovers. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna... I am not going to say I've watched this, but I had a conversation with some friends of mine earlier today that made me laugh. So here's what I'm going to do. What would... I'm gonna go to you, Alex. What would you say is the worst fast food place to eat? Just name one. Hardee's. Okay. Yeah, I ask because rom-com fans have been feasting pretty well this year. I finally watched the first episode of More Than a Married Couple But Not Lovers, and I'm like, yeah, that sure is some hearties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and sure. th that sounded like a pretty apt description of More Than a Married Couple, in that this premise is dumb and it's and they don't seem to have good chemistry. Which, well, not in the first episode. Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> they are clearly going to fall in love and catch feelings for each other. And then Shinzo Abe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be real, guys. This is such a good year for romantic comedies. You have other options to choose from this year alone. Like, you, you don't... You don't have to do this if you don't want to. It's cool. Nobody's gonna judge you for it. Like I genuinely found it entertaining. Mm. It just seemed alright. So mm. And they're dubbing it and the dub is also very good. I believe the dub is very good. Yeah. I know I'm very happy the that Ben Balmacita is getting recognized and getting more work. This is very much not my cup of tea. This show was done a lot better when it was called Toradora. <laughs> you know? Yeah, not, not you yes. know? And the whole marriage training thing has already been done in Love Lies, which I uh, hear is not particularly yeah, good. Just, it, it's, this is just such a messed up concept. Just, it, Why would you make people do it's this? The rig, it's the rigmarole of matching up two people to finally confess how they feel to their actual crushes, only to find out, oh no, I like this person instead. Yeah, Toradora did that. Way better. Mm. More than a married couple, but not lovers. Boy, it's sure funny that that guy who talked about improving the birth rate fucking died. Fancy that. Ugh. And yet he lives on. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't even sound like... The shooter got everything he wanted. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, I will say this. If you can watch Romantic Killer instead, do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I will. I think I will. <laughs> 
Yeah, do that. Okay. Um, and now we just have basically the rest of the rest. Vazrock the animation. I did not watch it. Damn. I got nothing. Nope. How Good about, talk. Yeah, how about uh, AQ Shonen, Eternal Boys? I wanted to, but it doesn't seem to be anywhere. No, Eternal Boy. Wait. Which. I think Eternal Boys is one that Crunchyroll got really late. I think it is on Crunchyroll. I couldn't find it. No, wait, no. Oh, God. Oh, fuck, Alex. You got the wrong Eternal Boys show. You were supposed to put Play It Cool Boys instead of Eternal Boys. Oh. Well, uh, does anyone watch that anyway? Uh, no. I, I I vaguely looked at like one chapter of the manga once. Yeah, I never got to it. Uh, it's 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 about handsome guys who are actually dunces. So so it's a himbo show. Yeah, it's a himbo show. So okay, I don't okay. Think they, they're not quite him because they're too mean, bish, too too bishonen to be himbo. I think, but maybe. Put on a little muscle, and then we got a himbo in training. Got it. All right, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll maybe check that out then. Yeah, but this Eternal Boys show actually—it's it, literally unlicensed. It's it's unlicensed. Oh, kind of like kind of like Immortal Girl, which is basically a Ichi fantasy series. Isn't there an a, a an ASMR microphone show this season? Also I unlicensed. Can't find that anywhere. I mean, it was going to be a short anyway. All but. of the shorts, most of the shorts kind of went unlicensed this season. That's weird. Uh, hmm. Anyways, Eter- Eternal Boys is AMA, AFK. Nothing was lost. And then play Cool Boys is on Crunchyroll, and I might check that one. Okay. Uh, my master has no tail. What about that? Okay. Uh, Jet, this is all you. Okay, uh, yeah, so that's what I did see. Uh, like, first two or three episodes. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, basically, this is, like, uh, early... So, either, like, late 19th century or early 20th century Japan. So, uh, uh, so the main character is, like, a Tanuki who, uh, who likes pulling pranks on people, but, uh, but as a bit, uh, but since Japan is starting to modernize, uh, people don't really like when Tanuki's pull pranks on people anymore, so... That, that, uh, so instead of finding her pranks, like, terrifying or, like, amusing, everyone just thinks she's annoying, so... As uh, so she gets pretty disappointed doing that when she, like, decides to head out to the big city. So, uh, so and, as, and then one day, she, uh, runs across a... She runs across a woman performing rock ago, and uh, she thinks that's pretty cool. And thinks, oh, hey, if I do rock ago, I can like learn how to trick people because, uh, you know, because uh, uh, you know, you're doing all these voices and kind of tricking people into following these stories. So I'm gonna learn how to do rock ago. So as uh, so, uh, so she tries to track down this lady to become her, her apprentice, the lady is like uh, clearly not interested in having an apprentice, but uh, the Tanuki girl kind of wears her down. And uh, we find out uh, towards the end of the first episode that uh, that the master is, uh, I think, I think a fox. If I'm remembering right now, I think she's supposed to be a fox. I mean, she did look pretty hot, but she did fox fire at some point. Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but uh, she's 
Yeah, but yeah, she's uh, clearly done a much better job of kind of like adapting to modern times than Tanuki Girl has. And, uh... Yeah, Tanuki Girl's trying to pull pranks in the middle of daylight or at nighttime when the lights are about to come on. Yeah, now she is very unaware of how much society has advanced. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, basically the premise. And, uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, pretty much uh, after watching Tim uh, Rock go uh, Sinju, which uh, everyone should be watching because that show is amazing. Uh, I've got a pretty good fondness of Rakugo, and, uh, uh, oh yeah, also on that note, everyone should be reading Akari Bashi, because that one's also really good. I'm going to, I promise. But, uh, but yeah, I've got a pretty good fondness for, like, Rakugo-based stories now, and this is a pretty good variation of that, and, uh, yeah, it's cute and charming, I should, uh, actually catch up on it, but, uh, I liked what I saw of it. This seems like one I would enjoy if I watched it. This is also just an extremely unfair season for anything that isn't the cream of the crop. Yeah, wow, there really is a train behind me. Yeah, there is, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very cozy show, which will probably never get dubbed. <laughs> well, that might ruin some of the wordplay anyway. Someday we're going to get one of those rock and go shows dubbed. It's going to be very surreal. Someday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Check it out on High Dive if you want. Yep. Alright, and now for, well, this is certainly a title, The Human Crazy University. Uh, I didn't watch it. Uh, yeah, I actually did watch the first episode of this, and uh, I was very confused both uh, in terms of the story and in terms of the tone. So, uh, the, there's a, uh, so the story follows a dude on death row, uh, apparently, like, uh, he killed his girlfriend or something, but, uh, we're just seeing this dude on death row just kind of, uh, as I, uh, talking with his, uh, talking with the guy who's supposed to be guarding him and just kind of having all sorts of, like, chill, peaceful conversations, and, uh, we learned a lot about how uh, the death penalty works in Japan, and about like what it's like to be on death row, which is a very weird thing to be educating people about. But like, they go into that, wow. and then uh, the dude supposedly bites it, and then uh, we, so, and then we find out that he apparently survived. Uh, so, uh, he apparently survived his execution, and uh, apparently he has some kind of weird body that's like really into white disease and whatnot. So, uh, this, this uh, so uh, this weird doctor decides he wants to perform a bunch of experiments on him, and that is apparently, I guess, going to be the rest of the show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's it's weird. Ah, uh, the show feels very confused of what it wants to be. Yeah. Sounds right. That's unfortunate. Okay. All right, and then there is management of a novice alchemist. Uh, this one I also saw the first episode of. It was, uh, it, was uh, it was pretty cute. It's like uh, this uh, this girl who like uh, got orphaned after her parents died. So uh, so she decided she wants to become an alchemist because like uh, this lady who came to her orphanage was an alchemist, and that like. 
had really inspired her, so she kind of wants to follow that person's footsteps. So she becomes an alchemist and and uh, and uh, decides to uh, open up a little shop in the countryside, or more specifically, her master basically like forces her into opening a little shop up in the countryside, and that is basically how the premise starts. Uh, I don't know, like, it seemed perfectly cute, but uh, I haven't gotten around to it. I don't think I'm going to check this one out. Yeah, it's it's been pretty cute. Uh, in the second episode, she gets to know the people in town. In the third episode, there is a, a serious attack on the town that she helps prevent. Actually, I think it was in the second episode. Oh, actually, there's been five episodes, hasn't there? Ah, uh, yeah. So the third episode, there's a there's an attack on the town, um, and she manages to use her alchemy at her shop to reattach somebody's arm, apparently, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and they kind of go into the economics of things. And by the fourth or fifth episode, she's kind of got a group of friends that. The kind of big thing here is when she was studying all those years growing up, she didn't really have any friends. She just befriended her master and her her master's uh, girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. And now she's in this town and learning to live amongst the populace and try to help out with their community. That's it's fun. Slice of life in the countryside fantasy with uh, occasional monster hunting. Pretty good looking, too. Got a nice visual aesthetic. That leads us to Legends of Mana, the Teardrop Chronicle. Uh, I have not seen it. I have not watched it. (laughs) Nope. I got nothing. I've been busy with yeah, other things. <laughs> but hey, if there, are, if any of you listen, if you uh, secret of mana, listen to mana fans want to, you know, watch it. So uh, there you go. Yeah, I've barely even played a mana game, so. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, in any other in any other season, we would be done. We're not. Oh god, right, we do have to talk about the other shows too. We have too. more Fuck. shows to talk about, and we've been here for about, almost two and a half hours. Oh Jesus, we have. And if we were to do this right now, we'd probably be here for two and a half more hours, so here's what we're gonna do. We will cut it here, we will come back later, um, Sketch, we'll see if you can come back for this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just uh, keep, keep your eyes peeled. I'm, I'd say what I'm gonna do. I'm going to make myself a ham and cheese sandwich and we will come back and we will finish this next time because, yes, the big shows are coming. So stick around. Thank you for listening to our first intentional part one of the season. And we will meet you back here in a little while for part two. So, uh, yeah, uh, take us out, Maximum the Hormone. Come